We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Better job, bigger house, more money, bigger family, better cars. Everybody wants something. But really, the one thing we desperately need is hope. As we'll see next, join us. Some will tell you it's money they seek, and they want more of it. Others will tell you happiness, and they look for happiness in all the wrong places. But today, as we return to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, we see that it is hope that we need desperately, living with hope, and using that hope to spur us on for the rest of our lives. Join us for a very encouraging look at how to live successfully by living with hope. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's edition of Truth For Today. He says, God is reserving for you an inheritance in heaven that cannot rot. It's literally the word. It cannot be subject to decay. It cannot be defiled. And it means to be stained. You know what I love about a new tie? There's no gravy stains on it. Uh, I love new things. Uh... Don't you like things before they get stained? I know some guys that keep their ties in the refrigerator. They've got so much food on it. (laughs) You know. But I love it when it's unstained. I like new stuff. Uh, And he says, we've got an inheritance that can't rot, can't get polluted and be stained, and it won't ever fade away. And God is keeping it up there in heaven. Part of my hope is, I'm going through this land, and if you ask me where I'm going, I said, I'm going to a place. You say, where is it? I said, it's the third heaven. There's three heavens. The first one you see by day, it's where the birds fly. The second heaven you see by night, it's where the stars are. The third heaven is where God's throne is, and you see it by faith. But there's only one you go to when you know him. He said, I'm going to a place. But what you're going to get, I've got an inheritance over there. I don't know what all's in it, but part of my hope is I'm longing for the future for like there's a giant Christmas tree over there. I've got some gifts because I haven't got all my salvation yet. I'm longing for it. I'm homesick at times for heaven. Have you ever been homesick for heaven? Have you ever been homesick in this life? There's nothing like homesickness. It can kill you. The only thing that removes it is to come close to the ones you miss. We're going to a place. He said, this inheritance is reserved for the last time when Christ shall be revealed. I would say I have a hope that's time related. I'm not going to live forever. This earth isn't forever. I know there's coming a time when Christ shall come. And he shall institute his kingdom, his power, his heaven. It's just on a short run, there's coming a termination point. My hope is time-oriented. I'm looking forward to when Christ comes. When's the first time you heard he's coming? Some of you have been hearing it 50 years. You know what? 
when you, after you live for Christ for 50 years, you don't start doubting it. It just comes brighter and brighter and better and better. It, you don't feel like you've been fooled. It's the thing that's kept you going. It's a living hope. It's a hope that is centered on a person. What is my hope built on? I'm going to see Christ in the future. I'm going to be with him. Now, these are great, great things. No matter if I die, no matter if it's cancer, heart attack, no matter if I lose everything, no matter if all wealth is gone, no matter if kindred and friends leave me, no matter if houses burn, no matter if bombs go off, there are some certain things in my future that will never, never fade away. I will see Christ. I will find the place. I will see him in a point in time. And I've got a promise. He says, I'll preserve you until I get you there. Listen to what he says. Who through faith, in verse 5, you who have this inheritance are being shielded through faith by God's power until the coming of this salvation. I used to not want to be a Christian. One of the biggest reasons was I thought you had to be perfect, as I said. And I knew I couldn't live it. Why go up in front of all those people and make a profession over something you were going to bail out within a month? I knew the first temptation I'd wash out. And I didn't want to do that. So why even get started? Because I thought living for God was gritting your teeth, saying no to sin. But it seemed like everything that was fun when I was a kid was a sin. And I thought, well... I'll make a deal with you, God. I'll give you my body about 79 and a half when I'm dying. And my body can't do any more sin. I'll say, all to Jesus, I surrender. <laughs> you know, this big gift you want to give God. We usually give him the messes we make. And I just didn't want to get started. Because we believed in backsliding a lot. And we did a lot of it. We lost our salvation about four times before we finally got, got it that stuck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're backslid. You haven't decided if you're going to go or not. But I was afraid to get started. Because I was not told much that God keeps those that he has the inheritance for. He, this word in the Greek is he garrisons. He assigns soldiers, is the term, to garrison you. Watch over you. You are kept by what? God's power or your power? Can God keep you in enemy territory? Yes. By the way, the devil isn't running the universe. He's a created being that God makes him do what he says. Know that. In the book of Job, the devil is routed and made to look like a fool because his plan was thwarted. At the cross, his plan was defeated. And the devil's plan for your life will be defeated by the power of God. God is keeping his own. I need that as a part of my hope. Think of this. You know, on Sunday night, let's imagine. I got saved. Woo! I'm going to heaven. Yes. They grow up like I did. Three weeks later, I sinned. I don't, are you saved? I don't know. I think I lost it. Okay. Uh, uh, well, you know, heaven's real. Yeah, but I'm not sure I'm going. If God can't guarantee me that he's going to keep me, I don't care that there's a heaven. I'm still not going to make it. 
But he said, I'm not only reserving your inheritance, I'm going to protect you so that you get to inherit it. That's hope. That's hope. How long have you been a Christian? 38 years for me. And you know how long I'm going to be a Christian? Forever. Yeah, you heard it. Forever. See, well, I would, when one man told me that one time when I was getting ready to be kicked out of the denomination, he said, uh, hey, that sounds cocky to me. You sound arrogant, young man. You will fall. I said, I didn't say what I'd do. I said what he said he would do. He said he'd keep me. Can he? If he can't, you don't have much hope. Heaven's wonderful, but you're not going to see it because you're going to flub about 10 yards outside the gate. Trip, send him back. I know I'm saved forever. Let me tell you four things about this hope. This hope endures even though we have trials here. Becoming a Christian is not being delivered from trials in this life. Matter of fact, you might have more now that you're a Christian than before. That's right. I used to always think if you got saved, that meant immunity from health problems, financial problems, and everybody liked you. I found out that's not true. I heard a guy give a testimony before I was saved. I was really did great. Since I've been saved, three automobile accidents, and you know, nobody likes me, and bad breath besides. <laughs> Everything had gone wrong. God didn't promise you immunity from problems. Look what he says in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief. I thought you had hope. We do. But we have grief too. In all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our hope keeps lasting through the trials, through the sick ward, through the tough times. I've got a shepherd that goes with me through the shadows, but he didn't say there would be no shadows. I've got someone that said, I'll go through the trials. Let me say some things about trials. We all need trials. King James said, we for season suffer if need be. You know why God gives us trials? A lot of times he gives you a trial to keep you from sin. Because the trial often makes you pray more and depend more than if you weren't under suffering. Paul said, there was a messenger of Satan given to me. I was buffeted. I was beaten up by demons. But it delivered me from pride. It delivered me from being ruined as an apostle. So it gave me demons. either took my health or gave me a problem I couldn't get rid of. You need trials. God thinks so. I don't want them. Someone says you can shine for Jesus if you could take the buffeting. I've just decided, if I get my way, I'd rather be dull and no trials. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be as great a saint as I think God wants to make me. Do you know what I mean? Lord, Lord, give it to them. I don't care if they're the greatest saint in this church. Just give me all the good stuff. I don't want any trials. I don't. I don't. Lord, hear me. I don't. <laughs> I don't ask for God to try me. I'm struggling with the ones he's already sent. 
And he said these trials are manifold. They're variegated. They're, the Greek word is they have different colors. It doesn't mean how many trials, but about the time you get one area of life figured out and you think you're an expert, he tries in another area. Every time I think I've got patience, guess where he tries me? So now I just say, God, I'm impatient. Leave me alone. Do it to give it to somebody else. I want to make it to heaven without patience. And hurry up and do it. You know what I mean. There's just some things I, I don't want to find out. But our trials will be many colored. Various. Because he wants to make us rounded. He wants to give us sympathy in all areas. I find out when I was raising my children. And if there's any family difficulties. I never had to talk to people who would ever raise kids to get sympathy. They were non-sympathetic. You had to talk to parents. They know the battles, the struggles, the ups and downs. Don't ask somebody that's never had children how to raise kids. They may know how, but you still won't appreciate it. They make it sound too easy. He said we must suffer grief. But he said our trials are for a season. Which means God is in charge of the length of your trial. Listen to what Spurgeon said. When God puts his child in the furnace of affliction, God watches the clock and his hand is on the thermostat. You won't be in the furnace a minute too long, nor a degree too hot. For the trial isn't designed to destroy you, it's designed to make you. It will refine you like pure gold. Trials will get rid of the worst about you so that the best will shine. That trial, you know what I hate about trials? They reveal a side of me I don't want to see. It's what marriage does for you. (laughs) Because what is it about us that we can't stand in others what we can tolerate in ourselves? If I see someone walk with a little strut or a little arrogance, you automatically say, look at pride. Watch it, you'll be walking just like it. We're very critical often, and we do this in our kids. We are critical of them acting like us. So I can't stand that. Where'd they get it? Their mother. (laughs) Grandma, the in-laws. They got it somewhere. Where did they learn to act that way? He said, we have these trials that are for a season. They're designed to purify us. They're designed to prove the genuineness of our faith, but they never will diminish our hope. Matter of fact, in the heat of persecution, trials, some through the water, some through the fire. What is it called? Some through the water, some through the flood, some through, great, through fire, some through great trials, but all through the blood. God leads his dear children along. I want to tell you the deep parts of life. Tommy Dorsey, when he got the message, his wife had died giving birth to a child. And the child died also, if I remember the story. He said when he came from a meeting in Chicago to her bedside, she'd already died. While he was there, he was at the lowest point in his life. There's where he said, Lord, I'm weak. I can't go on. And he wrote, precious Lord, take my hand. Right there in the funeral parlor. Getting ready to bury a wife and a baby. How could you dare serve a God in tough times? Because if you've got the God of Job. He can say though he slay me. I'm going to serve him. If you've got this God of Job. He said the Lord 
Is it right just to receive good things from the Lord and not trials? Your trials have probably made you the kind of person you are. I love older folks. The older I get, the more I love older folks. (laughs) Because they've been through something. They've got some stories to tell you about how they got through. Huh? And they got through not having money and wealth. They just had God. Maybe hard times. What got a hope? A hope. And so this hope, those who have it, often suffer trial. There's three other things he said. They that have this hope have come to love Christ, though they've not seen him. You love Christ, he says in verse 8, though you've never seen him. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Those who have this hope, hope always runs with love. And one of the things that, uh, if you're a born-again believer, you have fallen in love with the Jesus you've never seen. Jesus told Thomas, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. More blessed are those who believe, though never having seen, they, they believe me. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, I'm sure you do as a believer. But you've never seen him. How is that possible? I often think of these war stories. World War II. The man comes home, sees the sweetheart, gets married. Happened a thousand times over. By the time he goes to see, she writes a letter, I'm pregnant. They probably married three months. Happened all, all over World War II. And while he's out there in the Pacific Theater, he gets this, uh, this letter from home and sometimes a picture. Your baby boy was born. Your baby girl was born on a certain day. And you know what? That soldier can immediately fall in love with someone they've not seen. They couldn't fall in love with the picture. They never saw the object they loved. Because loving someone is much more than seeing a picture. It's knowing them. And the Lord Jesus can be known by faith. Faith makes him so real. And the Holy Spirit makes him so real. That we who have this hope in Christ have come to loving. Loving. To believe in him. And he says, and we have a joy that's inexpressible right now. We're receiving part of our salvation, the deliverance of our soul. And there's a joy that all this life and all of its trouble and all of its disappointments and despairs cannot eventually squelch this hope, this love, this faith, this joy. You know what's wonderful? When we get to heaven, we'll no longer have hope. We're no longer, we're going to say goodbye to hope when we go to heaven. Because when you get the thing you hope for, you no longer need hope. And someday in heaven, I want to say to hope, thanks, you got me through my earthly journey. Thanks so much. You were alive and well, but I don't need you here. I've got what I hope for. I no longer will need faith, because faith will give way to sight. The only thing that lasts for eternity is love. You'll keep loving for all eternity. Well... Why hasn't God told us more about heaven? Why don't we know more? We know enough to be hungry for it and to want it. I was talking with some men here the other day, and I said, I think God's done us a favor by not telling us more about heaven than he has. Because it would be like this to me. You put broccoli on the plate, spinach, uh, for me, cucumbers, 
and uh, asparagus. And I'm six years old. And you say, eat this, it's good for you. And then, and you, say, and you have to eat all of it, and then you put this giant piece of chocolate cake right there. Now what do you think a six-year-old wants to do? Spinach or cake? I'd just rather the cake stay over here and tell me after I eat the spinach, by the way, there's dessert. I want to tell you, getting through this life and eating the spinach is the hard part. Heaven's there, and it's going to be a thousand times greater than you've ever dreamed. Do you ever dream about heaven? Do you ever think about it? I mean, what the streets of gold are going to be like, what your mother's going to look like, your father, if you've got any loved ones there, what Jesus will look like. I mean, just kind of daydream. Uh, instead of thinking about money or that you want to lip lock from your wife, just, uh, just kind of think on heaven. I mean, heaven. It's a place. Jesus is there. The saints are there. I've got an inheritance over there. I'm going to be there. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the blessed and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. If you know Christ, if you'll accept Christ, you will exchange death, disappointment, and hopelessness for hope. For without Christ is to live without hope. We offer you hope. It's Jesus Christ. And in him, you can anticipate the future with more zest than ever, no matter if you've been diagnosed with cancer, no matter if you're 90 years old, no matter if you're broke, you will get the true riches that cannot perish if you'll but put your trust in the Lord Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for those today that have no hope, that are afraid of death and dying, have no certainty about life beyond this life. They have no certainty if their children were to die, where they would go. If they buried a parent, they have no hope. I ask you, Father, that you would open their eyes and show them Jesus Christ today, waiting to give them the gift of eternal life. And in that gift will come a living hope, a burning hope that the floods and the uh, trials of this life cannot quench. It lives on and on and on for it's based upon a living Christ and an empty tomb. I ask you to save, open the eyes of anyone here today that's never put faith in Christ. May they want to know Christ and know where they will spend eternity. If there's any believer here, Lord, that has seemingly lost their hope, walked away from it, uh, given up, actually backslid about it, I ask that today they would repent, return to the Father, and recapture a hope that will see them through this life. Oh, Father, work in their hearts, we pray. Work in their hearts that they may come to rest in hope in Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. 
As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us again financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 